You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily podcast on the Toronto Blue Jays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Blue Jays fans, and welcome to Locked On Blue Jays, your daily dose of Toronto Blue Jays talk directly into your headspace, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, AJ Andrews of jsrunacouch.com, and this episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Visit them and tell them Locked On sent you. And uh, coming back with a bit of a bang after what happened in that World Series, um, I'm joined by three other... Uh, hosts from the Locked On Podcast Network, a, a quartet, if you will, of observers whose teams may not have gotten as far as the Dodgers and Rays. To be honest, the Blue Jays were the only team represented that actually got into the playoffs. So I I had the advantage in these debates. Um, But yeah, a couple voices you should be familiar with. Uh, Friend Gabrielle Starr of Locked On Red Sox is on this one. Connor Newcomb of Locked On Orioles is on this one. And uh, a voice you may not know, but someone we respect despite the team they cover. Bryce Patrick from Locked On Rangers is on this one. So this is the first of two episodes. Second one will be following shortly. So check your subscription boxes and enjoy. All right, so we've got a little Game 6 uh, World Series roundtable going on here. Uh, of course, Connor Newcomb here from Locked On Orioles. AJ Andrews, the host of Locked On Blue Jays. Gabrielle Starr, host of Locked On Red Sox. And Bryce Patrick, the host of Locked On Rangers. All here to talk Game 6 of the World Series. And uh, first of all, how's everybody doing? As uh, We are officially uh, at the end of the 2020 baseball season. I'm glad I hear I'm here to bring some level of playoff experience in 2020 to this group. <laughs> uh, Even if I, it's only two games. Does this make me the host since, since the world series was, was technically at my stadium. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. We've all vaulted into, uh, to Arlington, Texas and the, uh, the big airplane hangar uh, that, that's, <laughs> that this world series uh, was played in, and you know, it it, it only feels right to uh, hand the mic over to to Gabrielle to start this because she just watched Mookie Betts win a World Series with the Los Angeles <laughs> Dodgers. Of course, he kind of put the game away uh, with that solo home run in the eighth inning off of Pete Fairbanks, and uh, I'm I'm assuming that moment itself, you know, kind of feeling like the Rays weren't going to get two runs, kind of uh, brought up some emotions. And uh, you know, what what was it like, Gabrielle, to to watch Mookie? finish it off and know that he's uh he's going to be around with that squad for another 12 years well for him i'm thrilled like i'm so happy for him i think the consensus of most red sox fans is we are happy for mookie because he deserved a big deal and you know it's the red sox loss of course unfortunately it's also red sox fans loss but we didn't want him to go and but of course, you know, being fans watching this happen, you know, it's painful to be like, 
wow, he homered in the deciding game of World Series because he did the same thing two years ago today. He homered in game five of the 2018 World Series and kind of he and J.D. Martinez put that game away, bringing the championship home to Boston from Los Angeles. So, you know, it, the, the mirroring there was very, like recognizing him doing that again, it was very painful. But obviously, you know, you, you wish him nothing but the best. It was really nice for Clayton Kershaw, for Dave Roberts, of course, because yesterday was the anniversary of the 2004 World Series and they don't win that without Dave Roberts. So there's a lot of symbolism going around. Um, but ultimately, I mean, it's going to take a long time for Red Sox fans to forgive Red Sox ownership for this deal, which has very Babe Ruth vibes to it, um, especially earlier in the series when Mookie became the first player since Babe Ruth to take a walk and steal two bases in the same inning in a postseason game. So, you know, there it, there's just so many little threads of connectivity that – reminded Red Sox fans throughout this series just it's like being punched in the stomach over and over and over again and it doesn't mean that the Red Sox fans aren't you know we're happy for Mookie we're sad for ourselves kind of thing of like it's very bittersweet you know I was gonna you say the, gonna, the way you, you said, asked that Connor can I just say how happy I am the Rays didn't win so you tried to pull that on me with Aaron Loop because <laughs> because the way you asked that is like Hey, Gabrielle, I know you had to sell off your 1997 vintage Ferrari for a million dollars. <laughs> What's it like watching the new owner drive that around while you sit there in your 2005 Honda Civic? As someone who had a Honda Civic, I feel this metaphor very deeply. As someone who currently drives a Honda Civic, I also feel this metaphor. <laughs> the only reason I said a Honda Civic is because I don't drive one anymore. I drive a Corolla. Hey, they're solid cars, but... but- but Bryce, to you, you know, uh, we talked to Gabrielle about what it's like watching, you know, her former star of her team win it for another team. What was it like as a Rangers fan watching uh, the World Series being played in your uh, interesting brand new ballpark? Well, garbage. <laughs> that's, that's very kinda, uplifting podcasts honestly like i mean we're a bunch of we're a bunch of a sad teams here that's that's who we are we we know who we are um there were very few like this was one of my favorite world series to watch even though it was in my home stadium but like i knew the rangers were going to be terrible this year like everybody knew that there was no expectation they'd be good like there was literally no offense besides Joey Gallo. They went and got like Todd Frazier. And like, oh yeah, that'll do it. That's the one thing that this team was make it, missing to make him a contender. Like, no, what are you talking about? But um, I was very happy as a neutral fan that the the Astros didn't get in there because there was a, a possibility of Cardinals Astros playing in a World Series at Globe Life Field in the first season it existed. And I I said very openly, if that, that happens, I'm gonna walk in the ocean and I'm never gonna come back. Like that's that's it. <laughs> Um, but I really love watching Clayton Kershaw pitch. He's a Dallas native. Um, he actually goes to the same church that I do. Um, and I see him like every Christmas pretty much, which is kind of fun and exciting. I try not to freak out and be a total fanboy, um, but fail every year. Um, but it was just good baseball, but still it hurts to watch a team win a world series at your new stadium. Look how they're like, just so excited about this new stadium. Look how fancy it is and whatever, but. It's it's not your team, so it just it hurts real bad. Yeah, it's it's, it's obviously the first you know neutral site World Series. We'll see. It's on the list of the many things Rob Manfred might you know just 
f around and employ over the next couple of years. So we'll, oh. we'll no, see to what be, happens. To oh be fair, though, to be fair, though, just to history nerd for a second, um, in the early 1900s, the Red Sox would actually play World Series games at the Brave, the Boston Braves stadium because it was much bigger. First, because there was no Fenway Park. And then because Bra- the Braves ballpark was actually at um on huntington was actually much bigger than fenway park and so they wanted to allow more fans in to be able to see the game so this is the first neutral site of obviously most of our lifetimes but um (laughs) for someone like my great uncle who's almost 103 years old uh he actually remembers going to red sox games at um you know watching the braves play watching the red sox play not at um fenway park for postseason games we interrupt this session of what Rob Manfred is screwing up this time to tell you about rockauto.com. It's a family-owned business that's been online for 20 years delivering all the auto parts you need from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from tail lamps, motor oil, brake parts, engine control modules, and so many things that I have no idea what they do or where they go. Whether you're a professional, or just puttering around the garage trying to get that old jalopy working again, you'll get everything you need in a few easy clicks. It goes right to your door. The website is remarkably easy to navigate. You can see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices you prefer and know that those prices on rockauto.com are always reliably low. So why spend twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now see all the parts available for your car or truck. And write locked on in there, how did you hear about us box so they know you came from us. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts of your car will ever need at rockauto.com. And now back to bashing Rob Manfred. You are locked on Blue Jays, your daily Toronto Blue Jays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Can I just say on the topic of Rob Manfred, if you had told me at the start of 2020 that when when presenting trophies that Gary Bettman would not have been booed by a stadium full of fans and that Rob Manfred would have gotten the living tar booed out of him by a stadium of fans, I would have laughed in your face. Can we talk about Manfred? Yeah, that was definitely an interesting uh, deal last night. Now, I... To back him up, it, it I do feel like the takes about him hearing himself in his own ear is valid because when you're trying to talk to a group of people and you have something in your ear that's essentially giving you the feedback of what you're saying, basically turns your brain to soup. Uh, but that still was not a good look for Manfred last night. No, and I think it's really poetic and, and perfect that uh, he's the one who made sure that there were fans in the stadium and they were the ones who were booing him. I just think that's kind of poetic. I was going to say, you don't think that's a good look for Manfred. Has anything been a good look for Manfred? I was going to say, has Manfred ever had a good look, though? Let's be real here. Probably not. I mean, mean, this season went forward and was completed in spite of Rob Manfred, not because of him. All all the things he tried to do. Not to mention the way, I mean, I'm sure that we were going to talk about this at some point, but the way that the game ended in terms of the Justin Turner thing only reminds you how mismanaged this baseball season was from the very beginning because 
It started with them focusing on money instead of COVID protocol, and it ended with them focusing on money over COVID protocol. I mean, they look at how the season started and look at what happened at the celebrations last night at the end of the game. Yeah. And I, I actually understand the Dodgers line of thinking, bringing Justin Turner back onto the field. Cause I know a bunch of people were like, well, why are you bringing him on there? I'm like, well, he's been in the dugout without a mask for the first five innings of the game. They're probably already going to get it because MLB was so freaking terrible. How do you not get a response until the middle of the freaking game? That's but al- that's just laughable. But also, like, it's kind of the same as saying, you know, there are racists and criminals in the Hall of Fame for baseball, so we should let Kurt Schilling in. Like, just because he was already around, I understand from a logical standpoint that, you know, he's already been around his teammates for the entire day. But at the same time, if somebody was lucky enough to not get COVID from him, bringing him back around his teammates to then expose them again. It's like, okay, so we want to make sure our bases are covered that he infects everybody. Like he didn't, he didn't even wear his, it's, he wasn't even wearing his mask when he was sitting next to Dave Roberts and Dave Roberts is a cancer survivor. Like the level of, you know, it's one thing for him to stand on the other side of the field and hold the trophy by himself with his wife. And then, you know, they wipe down the trophy and they bring it back to everybody else. I get that. But for one thing, he was told to isolate. And then he and the Dodgers just demanded that he be let on the field. Like, okay, that you're not the people in a position of authority here. You're not doctors. And then he's like palling around with his teammates, hugging people, sitting next to his manager without a mask on for the team photo, kissing his wife. Like it, it was so ridiculous to me to see this happening. Yeah. yeah and that, the, that the thing about that, like that, uh, one of the things that I had concerns about, like when reading about the NBA bubble and how they wanted everyone to wear masks all the time. And I was like, well, if they're going to be like playing against each other, then like, why are they going to be wearing masks when they're like not apart? And I was listening to uh, an epidemiologist say it's about the number of limiting the number of contacts and the number of attempts where you could spread it. So like, yeah, you can't do anything about like the basketball or being on the field and the dugout, whatever, but like, you can limit like wearing a mask when you're not playing baseball, when you're, when you've already tested positive twice, it's not just one. It's not like one false positive. It's two positive tests. And the fact that he just got to get out there. Cause like, Oh, well he insisted like, what is your job? What is the whole point? Why did he come out of the game? Even like, what, what are we doing here? What was the point of any of these protocols? It's obviously not for health and safety. It's pretty much just for PR and how it looks and how it looks is pretty freaking bad. I mean, the zombie insisted he wanted to come into my house. How could I say no? <laughs> well, he right. wanted the vampire so insisted okay. I bite I bite him, so I let you know I let him. Like it, it just it's just so indicative of MLB's priorities, and you know, like I've been saying for years, Manfred's not a good commissioner because he's literally i mean he's a good commissioner if you're a team owner because he's making you billions of dollars but if you're a fan or a player or a minor leaguer or like literally anybody besides the team owners the the game of baseball for you has suffered and we saw it in perfect form last night when like at every opportunity that something good happens in baseball like yes there were tons of covid cases in major league baseball this season 
Eduardo Rodriguez, for example, missed the entire season because he developed myocarditis. You know, you finally make it through the end of the season, a season that people did not think was going to come to a World Series. They did like I, I think about how many times like AJ and I talked about this when we did one of our crossovers of like, how is this season actually going to come to completion? So you're celebrating the World Series. You're celebrating the Dodgers winning for the first time in 32 years. And even that moment is damp is darkened and dampened by this situation with Justin Turner. And it's like at every possible opportunity for MLB to have some good PR, to have a nice moment, to have something wholesome, to make people happy, they just ruin it. It is so baffling to me how this organization shoots itself in the foot at every possible opportunity. Yeah, it's it's such a good point there because, you know, I obviously stayed up and, and watched the whole game last night and watched the celebration. Um and, you know, knew about Justin Turner, you know, was up for that um, with his positive test and everything. And I just woke up, you know, feeling like exhausted by being a baseball fan and, you know, being someone who, you know, is critical of what the sport is doing surrounding its COVID protocols, but also, you know, trying in other ways to, you know, be someone who in general is just trying to defend the sport itself to people who you know say it's it's too long or it's boring or you know things like that and and just to to be met with you know oh we're we're gonna not make ourselves look good and and you also learned a lot about what the protocols were for COVID-19 testing throughout the postseason we, we kind of knew what the whole protocol was during the regular season but we knew things would change because you know they were going to neutral sites and now they're letting fans in we learned yesterday that essentially you got to test uh, you know, in the morning and you weren't getting the results of that test back until the next afternoon uh, or evening even. And, you know, Justin Turner's test, you know, that he got back was inconclusive, they said, in the second inning. That's enough to pull him out of the game. Uh, right. You know, Juan Soto wasn't allowed to start the season for weeks because he had a false positive. And yet somehow when it's the World Series, uh you know, an inconclusive test, you know, just let them in there, whatever. They, they focus on safety until it's inconvenient for their narrative and they tried to cover it up and it just ended up being so much worse because of it. And again, that does speak to the just complete mismanagement of this sport that the top levels are committing. And that is squarely on Rob Manfred. And it's like you said, Connor, it's so hard to be able to actually enjoy, you know, watching Los Angeles. Or defend it to other people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I stopped trying. I can't no, it's defend not. that. Like, if if, if but, someone doesn't like baseball at this point, first of all, probably a lot of their concerns are actually going to be valid. And also, you know, we just look ridiculous for trying to defend things like this in especially in a year where Manfred could have literally just copied everything that Adam Silver did for the NBA and he just didn't. And the NBA had zero cases the entire season. WNBA as well, NWSL, like they, they all did it so much better. Yeah. 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 It's not like he didn't have every other league, every other league except for the NFL has done a better job of managing COVID than MLB did. And And, I mean, the protocol, 
set the updated protocol from the first page. It's not even like you have to look for this. It says, after a club receives notice of a positive test result for a player or staff member, the club notifies the infected individual, requires him or her to isolate parentheses, meaning no contact with anyone other than medical professionals, end parentheses, until they are cleared to return to club facilities and conducts an an immediate contact tracing investigation. Yeah, I think we learned uh, (laughs) yesterday, but I I think we learned basically that, um, you know, and we probably knew this in our heads, but didn't want to quite believe it, or maybe we did, and now we have proof that Rob Manfred's worst nightmare as we got to this World Series was not so much a player testing positive, getting sick, having COVID-19, spreading it to to his teammates. Rob Manfred's worst nightmare was that leading to a potential scheduling situation where the Rays score three in the ninth last night, hold on and win, and Major League Baseball has to push back game seven of the World Series. I think we learned last night that that, you know, not being able to play your game seven when you want to was more of an issue to Rob Manfred than the players testing positive and getting sick. And I think we probably thought that because it's all about the money, but it felt like last night kind of proved that to us. The thing is, I don't know, would they have pushed it back even? Like, that's my question is like, what would they do? I feel like Rob Manfred would have tried his darndest to play game seven the very next day and pretend right. like nothing happened. Yeah, but then it's, how can you say that's like, a champion? Like, it's almost like, how do you, like, I, I genuinely can't tell which is worse, like how they would have handled this if the Rays had won last night and pushed a game seven or how they actually handled it in the way that it ended up playing out last night. I can't, I, I don't know, like, what would they have done? You can't, you can't tell me it would have been any kind of legitimate if Rob Manfred went to the Dodgers and say, yeah, you're going to play tonight, but you can't have anyone who may have tested positive or has been in close contact with Justin Turner. So get yeah, Gavin Lux ready, get half, half your team from Oklahoma City ready and try and win game seven of the World Series against the Rays. I think they would have just tried to cover it up and say you can't have Justin Turner, but everything else is fine. Like I, I right, think like he, they would have tried real hard to try. Got and a family emergency or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. I don't think we would have found out about it. So that's where we're going to end the first half of this roundtable discussion with my lovely fellow Lockdown podcast hosts. Uh, if you want to check them out on Twitter, you can do so. Uh, you can find Gab at gfstar1. You can find Connor at Connor Newcomb underscore. And you can find Bryce at Bryce Patrick, uh, B-R-I-C-E-P-A-T-E-R-I-K. You can find me on Twitter and and probably Facebook. I mean, if you still use it, uh, at A underscore J underscore Andrews, the underscores are there because Twitter is dumb. And you can follow the podcast at Locked on Jays. You can subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever. And make sure you don't miss an episode like this one. And we will be right back with the second half of this doubleheader. So for everyone at the Locked on Podcast Network and everyone at JaysFromTheCouch.com, I'm AJ Andrews. Thank you all so much for listening to this first half of the doubleheader. And y'all take care.